0: This is a Bulldog Radio Podcast.
1: Of chat room, it's been a long time since we recorded the first one. Uh, I'm Anna.
0: I'm Denzer, and I'm Kyle.
1: Uh, today we were technically supposed to be talking about what makes a good video game, but Denzer has a pressing question.
0: Well, it actually has a little bit to do with video games. That's true. Um, so I recently got an Oculus Rift S, and it's been working fine. I really like the system. I like how the the motion controls work and the tracking works when the tracking does work. But there is an issue that I've been having, and that is the sensors on the headset turn off randomly. And I've tracked it down to a power supply issue with the USB 3.0. And the only solution I have to it right now, thank goodness it's not a hardware issue so much, um, I think, but the only thing I can do to turn the sensors back on is unplug the USB from the USB 3.0 slot and plug it back in, and that resets the sensors, so it works. (laughs) Kyle, you're kind of a tech guy. So my question is more directed towards you is, is there a solution where I can have that energy that's required for the, uh, the sensors, the tracking sensors on the headset, which does work, uh, be continuous. What's shutting off that I've already gone into my settings and, and turned off the deactivation, uh, for the energy saving mode. Mm. But for some reason, about maybe 45 minutes and a half an hour in, maybe even less than that, 20 minutes, the tracking sensors will turn off. And I can tell they that's just the tracking sensors because Oculus Rift S has the, uh, I forget what it's called, but you can see through the sensors. So oh, you okay. can double tap the menu button and then you can kind of see your environment through the sensors. And, and when you do that, it's just black? Just static. Okay.
2: Um, so unfortunately, I'm not terribly skilled in VR technology yeah. quite yet. Well, it's more about the
0: yeah. USB 3.0 energy.
2: If you're being underpowered... With your USB, um, I mean, w- w- what do you got it plugged into? Is it like straight into the motherboard, or is it plugged into your graphics card? Or,
0: um, I believe that USB is motherboard. I don't think my graphics card has the USB. Okay, I could be wrong on that though. Um,
2: so it's simply just power delivery. Yeah. Uh it's possible that your um your USB C port is not uh it's not powerful enough to run it. So which at that point it's like you gotta scrap the motherboard. Well not scrap it, but you have to get a
0: replace it. Yeah. Is there well that's curious because it is powerful enough to run it for about twenty minutes or more. Right. So what would cause that at twenty minutes? To be insufficient. Prolonged use. Uh, <laughs> Does it draw more, would it draw more energy the longer I have it in there?
2: Theoretically, no. Um, but if something's being undervolted for a while, it's, it could damage it or shut it off. Gotcha. Um, but honestly, if you've been running it for this long and it's been undervolted, I'd be surprised if the thing isn't completely dead by now. So that may not be it. Yeah. Um, And you checked all the settings on the on the Oculus and all
0: that. Yeah, the the settings are actually kind of difficult to navigate because you have the in-setting ocul or settings inside where when you're actually wearing the Oculus you can access the settings via the the virtual interface. But then also there is the app which has all the settings into it as well. Gotcha. Well, and um... I I did do some preliminary research on Reddit and apparently it is a big is- issue and people have found interesting ways to kind of fix it go around apparently there was an issue with the power cords and the splitter was having issues and oculus was uh replacing those for free but that doesn't make sense why when i unplug the usb and plug it back in that that is the fix could be a driver issue i did update my drivers recently as well although i don't know if that's um the drivers are fully compatible as as with the oculus headset i don't know if they're for that but I'm running the top of the line graphics card and, and stuff like that. So all, right. all of the processing power that would usually take uh lower specs card to process that information, this thing can handle without breaching twenty percent.
2: So um the the USB, is it strictly power draw or is there data transfer in that as well? There's data transfer in that. Okay, so you cord. wouldn't be able to just plug it into a power brick and hook it up to an extension cord and just run off your house electricity. There
0: is no there is data transfer because the USB is responsible for data transfer of the sensory input back into the uh the motion input back into the the game input. Gotcha. So well, I'm
2: currently doing research on that, so
0: we'll figure that out for sure. Um. Oh, well, while you're looking that up, do you want to kind of transition over to video games and what makes them good?
1: Uh, Sure. So, what do you think makes a good video game?
0: I think there are many things that make... There, there's components, mm-hmm. like things build up. But there are some things that you can actually take aside from a video game and kind of mix match. It's I like comparing things to building a deck of cards, usually like trading card games, because especially Magic the Gathering, because there's so much variability. So you kind of decide what you want to do, and then you build something to fit that purpose. And with a video game, I've noticed story is really important but nothing too concrete but something that um is novel enough to draw the eye think of undertale it repeats the same when it, when it came out it was the graphics weren't that great so mm-hmm. i'm actually going to put graphics lower down on the list of what makes a good game
2: mm-hmm.
0: but a couple of things really stood out. Simple interfacing. So it's very easy to catch on and understand what's going on Mm -hmm. in terms of controls. The narrative was pretty direct, but it was actually a developmental story. It wasn't just like, here's everything you need to know about the game and just go do it. It's, you know nothing about the game. As you play the game, it... it actually takes a, a, a narrative. It has a narrative. Mm-hmm. So you develop and understand things. But not only that, the replayability where your actions actually affect the story. So it's like a multiple choice uh, or multiple ending book, which I think is a good way for video games, um, especially when you're talking about good single-player video games. And I'm going to distinguish that between multiplayer games because multiplayer games, the fun comes from the enjoyability of a competition, which is the same reason sports are fun. So we're going to exclude those for now. The second thing that I think is most important, besides that narrative and the unpredictability,
2: mm-hmm.
0: is the score. And not like the Mario score. Oh, like the,
1: like the, music the musical score.
0: score. Yeah. And I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> because I am recently playing through the new remake of Link's Awakening. Okay. And yep. I don't like the art style. Okay. But I love the musical accompaniment Mm -hmm. and the nuance of the game. So there's the crossover between Mario and and Link uh, uh, and Legend of Zelda. Right. But the fact that the musical score in tandem with the enjoyability of the traditional Legend of Zelda Mm -hmm. actually makes the graphics appropriate and uh, desirable as well, because you're having Mm -hmm. that association. It's, It's classical conditioning. It's a psychological effect. And that is wonderful just because the music score is so wonderful. Mm-hmm. So that music score is super important. But that pairing, actually, psychologically, I think when you have all those components together correctly is what makes a good game.
1: Yeah, and I think um, the fact that Ocarina of Time is one, considered one of the best Legend of Zelda games still mm-hmm. um, adds to that. For or, sure. Yeah.
0: For sure. Yeah. With Ocarina of Time, the nuance of the 3D technology, it wasn't the first, mm-hmm. but it was one of the best because you're developing this story. You start off as a kid in the woods. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, holy crap, I'm an adult now. This is expanding, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you go into the well and you're like, I'm actually in a nightmare. But <laughs> <coughs> um, just because each dungeon is so different and it's so new in comparison to the 3D model of, of working things, mm-hmm. and you're on this massive adventure and you're riding horses and doing you know all this adventuring stuff, In addition to this wonderful, catchy music score that is memorable, Mm -hmm. just ties it up into a beautiful, beautiful game. And it's free of political ideation of the outside world. It's not a commentary on anything modern or currently political. It's a commentary on the basis of adventure. Mm -hmm. And that's where I also think the third component lies, is not making a game or the game has to be more timeless. Mm-hmm. So it has to be a commentary on long lasting ideas rather than current political notions in order for it to really take off. For instance, um, what is that game came out last year? PlayStation 4. Spider-Man? No. Got a war? No, no, no. It's uh it was really in Zero Dawn? No, no, no. Uh it was <laughs> you play as robots and the robots like people mistreat the robots a lot. Detroit oh. become human. Yeah, 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 Detroit become human. That game everybody loved it at the time, but I don't think it was a good game. And the reason why yeah. it it had a pretty decent narrative. But the score was lacking. And because of that uh modern political commentary, mm-hmm. it really tainted the rest of it. Right. It wasn't timeless. It and was even, even people fad.
1: what I've seen, even people who agree with the themes that were being put forth, um, were really unsatisfied with the game because it gave the illusion of freeing Robots and giving them free choice, but it didn't actually. So,
2: that seems to be a one, uh, a running theme with uh Quantic Dreams games just in general Mm -hmm. because Heavy Rain had uh, like a similar um reception from Mm -hmm. the audience. Um, while I haven't played either of them, so I again, I don't really have a hand in this fight, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I, I do know that there people were split on like this the narrative and all oh, yeah. that. No.
0: Yeah. But then like you can take a look back and part of the validity of what makes a good game too from what we've kind of agreed upon is look at the Call of Duty series or the um well let's just say Call of Duty for now. The original Call of Duties were heavily story-oriented and the music was new, it was exciting, and there was excitement to it Mm -hmm. compared to the Call of Duties that have come out, the new Call of Duties that have come out, not the remakes, in more recent years. Since Modern Warfare 2, Mm -hmm. all of the Call of Duties have been very poorly recepted except for their multiplayer. That's what everyone's looking for. Same with Halo. Right, right. Halo, when it first came out, the single-player experience, the multiplayer experience was good, but the single-player experience and the music was pinnacle, And that's what engraved it as a wonderful game throughout time. The issue that you see in the new Halos is that there is a terrible narrative since Reach, really. There hasn't been a Halo that has really had a super gripping narrative aside that it really leaves behind uh, politics, trying Mm -hmm. to make a commentary on politics of the day as well as the musical scores are all repeat. There's not real new musical scores to that. They just are pulling the Call of Duty route where they're just upgrading the graphics to new 4K or 8K graphics. It's like
2: yeah, but things can look pretty,
0: but yeah. I've got two eyes in a nature where I can Hooray. go out on a nature walk and look at pretty things with my own two eyes. I don't need you know an 8K television to do that. What I don't have is good stories. And I think that's part of the reason why uh, games that are surprisingly good, like Undertale, were so such a shock to the system.
1: Right, right. And even even Undertale kind of has its, its flaws. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I would say that most of the flaws that can be found in Undertale aren't necessarily the game itself, but the fandom right so that's not the game's fault it's the fandom focusing I think maybe on the wrong things right
0: right and I can agree with that Mm -hmm. the uh, other game and it's not as well known but there's a game called preacher and it takes an Atari style game and you're a priest expelling demons doesn't have really a musical score or anything like that but the nuance with the story and you're like Every step of the journey, you're like, what is going on? What is going on? What is going on? In a panic sense, just because everything's so bizarre and they use that digital voice so well in that new kind of way. Well, it's an old new kind of way where it makes everything just kind of cringy, but in a, in a good kind of way while still talking about something that's more timeless, which is uh, religious sexorcism. right? Angels and demons are, are a time old thing where it's like, that'll make a good story if you can pull it off. I mean, look at Dante. Dante's, uh, or Devil May Cry is, is okay. one. Okay. I was going to uh, say, I Bayonetta. was like... Bayonetta. Uh, Dante. Yeah. Dante is the, the yeah. main
1: character, but just saying, <coughs> just saying Dante
0: <laughs> doesn't
1: give me any clue cool what you're talking about. Dante's Inferno was an adaptation yeah. of
0: the book game, and, and that, that's problem with making adaptations in, in some regard, but... I mean, even games like Demo. Demo took storm. It's a its a rhythm game for music. But, so you got the score complete. Everything's still picture. Everything's still frame. But because there is that nuanced story where you're uh, developing and there is that legitimate narrative in accompaniment with music where your actions actually make sense to the narrative mm-hmm. and you can feel your, your actions having an impact on the narrative is a huge part of making that good game. Right. And I think that's part of the reason where Detroit, Detroit went wrong, too, is because games where you don't get that sense or you don't get the realization of your actions as the controller of the character in the video game actually have an impact on the video game world mm-hmm. really slow you down when you when you don't have that sense. So right.
1: If um.
2: Change. If you're going to make a linear game, don't advertise choices. Right.
1: (laughs) Right, right. So, how, consider games like Red Dead Redemption 2. um, How does that factor in, do you think?
0: I think Red Dead Redemption 2 is okay. I don't think it's that good. Okay. I think it's pretty, Mm -hmm. but a lot of it's nostalgia factor. Red Dead Redemption 1 is a better game in my opinion. And, The reason why I say that is because Red Dead Redemption 2 builds off of Red Dead Redemption 1's nostalgia factor and the characters and fills in that that, that gap. But the first half of Red Dead Redemption 2 is really good. The second half is absolute crap. Okay. Completely falls off track. It's like, why am I on this island? What's going on here? Mm -hmm. I really like hunting. Hunting's fun. Right.
1: Right. From what I... Have seen, because I've heard it's a really good game. Um,
0: First half is phenomenal.
1: Yeah. I've heard that most of it, I've noticed that most of it has to do with what you do yourself, mm-hmm. not with what the um, narrative is, what the storyline yeah. is. Um, which is is fair, because like, sometimes you just want to yeet off and like go fishing or something. Yep. Or kill some bad guys. Kill some good guys. The
0: first half is really good, too. And the, and the reason why I'm separating the two is because the first half, you have character attachment and then detachment. hmm So you start off the game, uh, a little bit of a spoiler, but you start off the game with this idea of camaraderie and this uniformity. But then as the game progresses, the leader of the band, Dutch, y- you as a player, and I feel that they designed it this way, it starts to lose faith in, in Dutch. Mm-hmm. And your group starts to fall apart, and then that's exasperated when you start saving gang members, and you're you know, doing the, the good family thing, but then they start dying on you, and you get to witness them die in front of you, and you mm-hmm. lose members of your family, and it's like, crap, this is you know stressful and hard, and you're losing more faith in, in Dutch because you know people are dying and he's supposed to protect us and he's kind of acting not in a way a good leader does at the loss of these members it's right, it's, right. it's more narcissistic and uh manipulative mm-hmm. than family oriented and the second half is it just goes on a rabbit trail of like right
1: where you're suddenly like you try to leave the country
0: yeah and you're just kind of ramshambled the people that you cared about are dead you're just not really interested in the gang anymore dutch has kind of fallen off your motivation to actually fulfill the missions falls off and you're just kind of stuck in this limbo of well i could go hunting and make a lot of money and get all the side quests done or Mm -hmm. i could do the main story but the main story components aren't really that exciting anymore Right. And there's not really that much motivation to do that because mm-hmm. we left the country once and then we decided to come back for Reasons. some reason. And then.
1: Yeah. I And to go along with the whole choice thing, because you have the whole like morality meter, I, I can't yeah. remember what it's called, where if you kill innocent people, then you go more to the red side. Yep. If you don't, you tend to go more to the so the white side Mm -hmm. um but i heard that that has very little on what happens in the game it
0: does mostly it's npc interaction outside of story components right and so most people don't care yeah and you can buy a bandana and that prevents that from happening so
1: yeah but that reminds me of like how awesome! Like the old Star Wars games used to be, like the yes. Old Republic, where um, every action you took determined whether you're going to be towards the the dark side or the light side.
0: It was like a video game with a personality test mixed into it, right? Yeah, and, right, and it reacted right. to your personality test, and it was that's really cool, in my opinion, and stuff like that. Same thing with uh, the old Fable games is. Your character literally changed appearance and the availability of certain quests was determined based upon your morality.
1: I remember seeing, like, ads for that all the time. It freaked me out because I didn't know what it was, so... Mm -hmm.
0: What about you, Kyle? What do you think about uh, all this?
2: (laughs) I mean... As far as like quality of games go, like yeah, I do appreciate a, a good story and good uh, story mechanics and all that. But to be completely honest, I've actually took enjoyment into a lot of the like AAA games that a lot of people don't like. Oh yeah, why is that? Like, I, like for instance, I I really um I really appreciate Assassin's Creed Odyssey. My wife did too, actually. Um, which I mean it is definitely like an RPG light, like you can make a choice. Yeah, I mean you can choose like a completely uh new character or whatever, and the story pretty much doesn't change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you you, you yeah. I, I, I did a a new game just to kind of see what the differences are and it, it all it always plays out the same way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even and But it's still fun. Right. Like, <laughs> right. I
1: don't think like we're trying to overstate we're not trying to overstate the import like the importance of choice cuz like there are really cool games where mm-hmm. your decisions um directly impact how the the plot goes but then there are also really good games that don't. Oh like, absolutely. Like the the legend is all the games mm-hmm. um, I guess is just on my mind or the the persona games. Yep. You can have um some choices but for the most part it basically follows the same plot line right right, and right.
0: it's it's more about the narrative right and the thing that frustrates me about choices is when they don't matter so right. if you're gonna put choices in a game if they're not aesthetic they should have an impact on the actual outcome of the game wasn't that
2: right. one of the many complaints about like andromeda yeah that you know but it it's almost more angering in that Sense because mm-hmm. it it's comes from a franchise brilliant. where your yeah. choices did matter. Yeah. Yeah. We also uh, can't
1: over... can't overemphasize plot, because I've heard good things... I've heard things about Death Stranding, which recently came out, where right. it has an interesting storyline, it has an interesting world, but unless you're into a walking simulator, which some people are, um, like my best friend is really into just the idea of the game mm-hmm. um it's it's more like a movie that's trying to be a video game
0: right well i mean there definitely needs to be a balance of gameplay mechanics because it think about reading a book mm-hmm. it's very very similar you can read a book that's a narrative right just a to b mm-hmm. or you can have a multi-ending adventure game that's more of your choice oriented stuff but what you don't want to read is three chapters about a guy sitting down and eating
1: his soup. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you, Tolkien.
2: Yeah, but <laughs> but I mean that that's the other thing. Like um, Doom 2016, mm. I it's like one of my favorite games. I love that game. Mm-hmm. Virtually no plot at all. It's just very simple plot. Very yeah. very simple. Like it's been done to death, um, and it's not emphasized at all. But it, I I don't know. I I've replayed that game probably three times yeah, now. There's like, nothing
1: wrong <laughs> with. <laughs> repeating a plot. It's just that they need they can't be cheap attempts. Right.
2: Right. Like you can have the exact same story and it be good. Just
0: yeah. don't be a cash right, guy. Right. Well I right. do want to say the one thing with Doom too. the first playthrough, it does have twists. Like the plot, there is a plot. Eh, it's true. very simple. Mm-hmm. But that plot definitely has major twists. It's like the difference between reading, well let's just say Lord of the Rings. We'll call that a more complicated plot versus reading one fish, two fish. And <laughs>
1: that's not even a plot.
0: <laughs> it's a rap song. Whatever. But, <laughs> but but the point I'm I'm trying to make is just because there's less variables within your plot doesn't mean it's a bad plot. Mm-hmm. So just because Doom may be simplified in its plot doesn't make it a bad game by any right. means because right. it does deliver all of the key components that make the game interesting um, within that. Although it's I like, would also, uh, one quick thing on Doom, too. It also leans over into the multiplayer realm just because a lot of the fighting doesn't feel that much different from a multiplayer shoot 'em up.
2: That's true. That's true.
1: Yeah. Um, I kind of forgot what I was going to say. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, tropes. Because mm-hmm. there's a reason why tropes exist. And as long as they're not um, a cheap. Attempt at gaining notoriety because other people have, um, have used it and became popular. Then there's there's nothing wrong with it as mm-hmm. long as you understand, um, what makes them good, or how to use them effectively. Right. Because maybe they're not good. Maybe there's something something like oh no. The main character has a twin brother he never knew about.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kingdom Hearts. Um,
1: uh, don't get me started.
0: But one thing that I do want so tropes are very interesting when they're they're redone and, and mm-hmm. is a mimicry for a crash grab. But what I really love is satire. <laughs> so someone who makes you think that you're playing a game that's an easy cash grab, but it's really just a satirical artistic f- form mm-hmm. of someone else's game. And I love games like that. There was recently a Mario Maker level. I watched uh, Carl play. He's he's a a microbiologist doctor, works on vaccinations and stuff, who plays Mario Maker in his spare time. Mm -hmm. And uh, he played this one level by one famous guy. Plays another level. It's an exact copy, except it's just like a satirical reference. So things have changed on it and and stuff, but it looks like he just copy and pasted the level Mm -hmm. from this other guy. But then as he's playing through it, he realizes the nuance and the little things that if you played that other level first and then played this level, completely messes you up on it because of the order effect. And <laughs> it's just really fun to watch. So little things like that where you go mm-hmm. in seeing something that looks like a duplicate, expecting the duplicate and get completely side sm- slammed, T-boned mm-hmm. because of it. I like stuff like that. Yeah,
1: yeah. It
0: doesn't make it a good game, but <laughs> it's just <a> personal preference. <laughs> I gotcha.
1: I feel like I know I, like I have an example somewhere um that's like that but I can't think of it cuz th- there are there are actual parodies One like Punch-Man um,
0: is a good example of that in anime. Yeah, that's
1: that's true. Um especially given it followed shows like Rurouni Kenshin which is essentially the main character is overpowered and is a, this, already the strongest swordsman in the entire country. Right. Doesn't mean that any country isn't stupid sometimes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but well, I think that's kind of a trope too with swordsmen. Mm-hmm. Just because, like Zoro, he's super strong, super good swordsman, but he has no sense of direction, gets lost like immediately in one base. Oh phase. yeah, yeah, yeah. So.
1: Yep. Um,
0: I, I I think that's probably
2: another factor. Uh, Put into like what makes a game good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of different than what you guys were talking about, I think. But like scalability and uh difficulty. Oh yeah, yeah. Because uh, mm-hmm. it's like a, a lot of games will have like the, your easy, normal, medium, whatever. Um, but it, you can play on easy and it's too easy, and then you switch it to normal and it's impossible. Oh like, yeah.
0: <laughs> I would really like to see a game that uses intelligent. Uh, difficulty design, so it starts off kind of like an IQ test, actually. Mm. So it starts off the easiest, or at an average level. So maybe you put in your age at the beginning of the game, and that's where it starts you off at a at a level, average for your age. Yeah. As you play the game, the better you do, the harder it gets, and then. When it gets to a certain point where you're not doing well enough, it drops back down. So the level, it, the game learns with you about what makes a game sufficiently challenging. Yeah. <laughs> so at points, it's going to be really hard. At points, it's going to be easy. But then by the time you get towards the end of the game, it's going to be at that perfect medium where it's challenging for you. Specifically. Personally. Yeah, because it's <laughs> taking your data as so you play So the, the, the game. difficulty molds to the player. Right. Specifically the player hmm so
1: which would be better for casual gamers like me like, <coughs> i don't even dare call myself a, a gamer because i really don't play video games but <laughs> um mostly because i suck at them but that's neither here nor there
2: <laughs> i got you
1: but then like i can actually play a game and then get stuck halfway through right or if i freaking get lost thank you tales of the abyss for six months Three months, actually. <laughs> um, true story. I was running around the same map forever because I missed one path. Gosh.
0: Don't you love it? hmm Thank it. you, Dark Souls. <laughs> uh, don't even... Another thing, kind of transitioning back to VR, because I, I realized something when I was playing last night. It is actually... Could be a really good tool for young people to help develop something like a mind palace mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's really hard for people to imagine uh, physical structures and stuff that they've never been to or generate them on their own because it usually takes a lot of creativity. Mm-hmm. And so I can totally understand why a lot of people can't do that. Some people can't even imagine things like that. Mm-hmm. And but once you have that first experience, being in a VR in a virtual space. Transitioning that then into novel thought and creating your own space Mm -hmm. is so much easier. So I think it might be a really useful tool to help develop that uh, memorization technique. Mm -hmm. Like I I actually did something to store one bit of information last night that uh, possums are the only marsupials in North America not true I saw a kangaroo in a zoo once <laughs> but I didn't even know that possums were marsupials before no. uh, that blew my mind and like they play dead and they have a pouch it's cool but uh they're very mean
1: well yeah. of course they have to play dead if they want to protect their pocket yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> just, just over in France someone tries to pickpocket you just play dead <laughs> oh my goodness (laughs) but uh but yeah so Mm -hmm. i think it could be very useful to helping people develop that technique yeah playing dead no 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 (laughs) my palaces that's fair
1: that reminds me of um a conversation they had the other day where um i don't even remember what else we were talking about um but we were we were talking about something kind of serious uh my other friend Joe Owen made a joke about cheese and then my my friend mentioned oh yeah like uh, your character might really like benefit from whatchamacallit it." I'm like cheese? Are you talking <laughs> about cheese right now? What's happening?
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean who doesn't benefit from cheese?
0: Lactose intolerant people?
2: Yeah they don't count.
1: <laughs> They're not people. They're Come not on. Oh <laughs> <gosh>.
0: my <laughs> They're defective. So there was, uh, I was talking to one of my professors the other day, and I misspoke, and I doubt she'll hear this, but, so we were talking about people, and this made me actually think about something. So I'm in the group of people like Schrodinger, who believe that people are dissipative structures. Um, that people, as people, aren't created of the sum of their parts, but rather the momentum through time. So their experiences and, and and their hard work, all in combination, create the individual. But things like books and writing can capture a portion of that person in time, mm-hmm. right? um, and and place it statically, which I think is a good argument against the uh, the true materialists, mm-hmm. because the adaptability, right. So in computers and stuff like that, if you were still using Windows 98 and you never changed, <laughs>
1: that
0: that would be a problem. But people do have that potential for change and that, that uh, ability to transcend and, and all these mm-hmm. other things. But it, it's very interesting because you can make a static person um, by writing a book, essentially. Right, I mean, right. So the difference between what we consider a person and not a person actually has more to do with time than it does have to do with biology. Mm -hmm. And I think that's very interesting.
2: So are you one of those that believe that, um, like once you die, you just kind of fade from existence? No. Like you don't like, no.
0: Okay. Um, because I don't know what happens to the person once one of the components disappears. For instance, if, uh, you were magic and you made a dissipative structure like a funnel in a bathtub Mm -hmm. but then all of a sudden the bathtub wasn't there anymore after the structure had already (laughs) formed what happens if it's instantaneous Mm -hmm. so parts of the person lives on because for instance I'm still moving through time technically not as the actor but as uh, the phantom of myself in you and you Oops,
1: and whatever you've and
0: whoever I've entered, yeah, right, yeah, through other people, I actually do live on, mm-hmm. literally live on. And if you
1: actually- write something, you just continue to live on, right? right? Even right. though that's
0: more static, so right. even though that's not really personhood, um, I can still be a person in someone else because I'm essentially attaching a part of my soul, a part of myself, mm-hmm. into someone else's journey of through their dissipative, their own journey. So I'm still moving through time, technically, as of that. Uh, part of myself decays within the mind or the experience of someone else however in terms of spirituality I don't know because I don't know like when I'm sleeping I don't remember my dreams or anything like that but that doesn't mean I don't exist when I'm dreaming and you
1: don't remember your dreams?
0: No a Never? lot of them I don't. No I remember some of them mm. the other one I remember was about squirrels It's <laughs> very strange
2: it just means your dreams are boring and they need a better director.
0: Maybe. <laughs>
1: I mean, my dream last night was literally me going to the grocery store. So, <laughs>
2: uh-uh. and then are but, you low on groceries?
1: Yeah, because I, I, I really.
2: It's not a dream. That's prophecy. <laughs>
1: but no, because the weird thing was is that I like, so in the in the dream, I went to go buy groceries, and then suddenly I was, um, apparently the store I went to is the one that I sometimes work at. Uh. suddenly I was wearing my work polo and I was shopping while on shift.
0: Yeah.
2: So, Might as well. I mean, you're already yeah. there.
1: Yeah, and I'm like, I don't want to work here anymore. <laughs>
2: like. I still want to buy the groceries, but I'm also quitting my job.
1: Right, <laughs> right.
0: But yeah. <laughs> you were saying. Yeah, no. But like when I when you, when you sleep and you fall asleep at one point, but then it feels like you woke up 10 minutes later, even though you've been sleeping for three hours, just because you're unconscious doesn't mean that you don't exist. And so I don't know about consciousness preserving, but I do think that there is a component that does transcend. Gotcha. And, and there's no, well, that's that's like saying that, that if you
2: get too drunk or something, then you cease to exist. So right. you're not a person anymore. You're a drunk.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But there's there's no scientific evidence to support my claim, really, and it does have heavy um, influence from my a priori supposition of Christianity mm. and transcendence and being created in the image of God, even though I have no idea what that actually means, <laughs> because it's like,
2: what is the image of does, God? Yeah, what is the image of God? I've never seen
0: But not only that, I think it has more to deal with creativeness, because the image, funnily enough, and you know this your operating system comes in an image file. Mm -hmm. So how you operate and stuff like that comes in a a file called an image file, interestingly enough. But I think it's more along those lines where it's not so much your physicality, but your mentality um, that is supposed to be transcended to made in the image of God.
2: It's made in the ISO of God. Yeah. No. No,
0: no, no. (laughs) Strawberry Pop-Tart this time.
1: Do you want to see the stupid (laughs) picture I made? Yeah. Okay.
0: Not that the audience can see it.
1: But. No, but no, you can like uh, you can just describe it because it's it's it's. Imagine
2: um... there's no picture.
1: <laughs> Imagine just there's no picture.
0: It. All right, this is highly inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I haven't even seen it yet. <laughs> is that a blender back there?
1: Nope, that's a that's a snowcon machine, but we can't use that. I want a smoke machine. I like
0: machine. that. It's a. Medusa Goron.
1: It's a Gorgon Goron.
0: Gorgon Goron.
2: Okay, I thought it was like a, I want that to be my new D and D character. I thought it was like a mix of Elvis and like a Buddha statue from
1: yeah. the seventies. Yeah. So um, I, I showed a couple of my uh, friends, and they were all like, "Oh yeah, like they don't." Uh, well, first of all, he doesn't have to worry about getting turned to stone because he already is.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and second.
1: <laughs> The people he turns into stone, he can then eat because Gorons eat rock.
0: That's clever. I wonder if that's how Buddha became the statue.
1: <laughs> he met, <him> at <laughs> he met a medusa. Yeah, he met
0: a, Goron. a Gorgon. Goron Gorgon. <laughs> that would be an interesting story to tell. Mm-hmm. Also, um, how did he get fat? Wasn't he like a pilgrim? Didn't he like live in the mountains? He had a slow metabolism.
1: Don't really know much about <laughs> Buddha. But yeah, I think he was because he. He gave up a lavish lifestyle to become a monk. But um, I don't know. I get really confused about Buddhism because there's two types where in one, Buddha is just like a philosopher that they follow. Yeah. I think. And the other is he's an actual god.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you know which one's which?
1: uh, I don't know the terms, but I think.
0: Because I know there's Shinto and.
1: Shinto is different.
0: Shinto is different?
1: Um, I know, I think China and maybe Japan are more where it's just a philosophy. Korea is where he's a deity. Gotcha. Um, but I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that.
0: I won't. Good Korea or bad Korea? Yes. All the Koreas? All the Koreas. Okay.
1: I only know good Korea, so. The
0: <laughs> the reason why I ask is because I know a little bit about Miyamoto Musashi, who was <laughs> The Kensei of Japan. Okay. And, uh, like, the Kensei. I know there's several Kenseis, but Mm -hmm. he's the most prominent one. And uh, he killed Christians over in Japan because Mm -hmm. he was on the Shinto Buddhism side, which was not very uh, receptive uh, of Christian.
2: That seems kind of completely against what Buddhism is supposed to be about. I thought they were more of a peaceful religion.
0: It depends on which sect. Mm Yeah. So... But I'm I'm not sure, that familiar with Shinto Buddhism, so I I didn't know if they saw it, yeah I think Buddha um, as a deity or if he was the philosopher. Buddha's
1: um, like at least some of the monks, especially towards the um towards Tibet, have been in a couple wars. Mm. So it really does depend.
0: Gotcha, gotcha.
1: Um, but yeah.
0: And I don't know if they were warring. I I do think they were warring based on religion there, but that's more because of cultural upset just okay. because religion played such a huge role right whereas now everything's more secular so gotcha. it's less likely to be a war on religion and a war on gender identity
2: gotcha see i'm not i'm not known for my
0: insights on eastern and philosophy i don't mean so. necessarily like a physical <laughs> yeah. war i mean more like even like verbal conflicts and stuff like that it, it's mm-hmm. more dealt with uh, individual rights and and stuff like that rather than global uh ideals I gotcha so to speak
2: Mm -hmm.
0: even though that has an underlying of global ideals with it but most people will focus on the nuance rather than the global perspective when being upset right like I'm not an example might be I'm not upset that you have a particular belief or faith I'm upset in what you're saying about uh transsexuals or, or uh, Gays or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily that I'm upset that you are a particular religious group. I'm upset that you think this way, which is part of, All right? Is, is derivative of the mm-hmm. the more uh, holistic. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So did you find anything on that USB three point? Yes,
2: maybe. Okay. Uh, it's a Newegg thing. Have you tried turning off your antivirus? I know it's weird.
0: (laughs) I have not, and that's largely because I'm using Windows Defender, and I don't know. Yeah, it specifically says Windows Defender.
2: Oh. Like, just turn it off for maybe, I don't know, an hour. Um, Typically, I wouldn't recommend doing that. Um, The other one is Windows Firewall. Again, would not recommend doing that just just, for troubleshooting purposes.
0: I can just unplug my uh, Ethernet cord and then do that.
2: Yeah, that's true. Um, I A BIOS firmware update.
0: BIOS I'm, I'm not Okay
2: so familiar um de- depending on your your motherboard um well actually all the, all motherboards can get a BIOS update you'd have to look for it so you'd have to find your your brand of motherboard um go to their website and find the latest BIOS um if you're already running the latest BIOS don't worry about it Okay um if you're not you'll have to put it on like a USB and then uh boot to USB to to do it um certain motherboards will actually do it uh straight from your operating system so you can just download an executable and update it that way um the the most important thing though is to make sure that you you don't lose power at all so like don't do it during a storm or anything right right because right ferris (laughs) yeah (coughs) because if if you lose power for any reason during a bios update you break your computer it's just dead
0: okay so good to know. I won't mess with that. then.
2: <laughs> yeah, that, that I would do that. It's kind of a last resort.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely try the Windows uh, firewall thing. So it says turn it off for about an hour and then turn it back on or. <laughs> yeah. I, I, or just leave it off during
2: play. Like I, I would I would just turn it off uh, while you're troubleshooting. So I'd probably troubleshoot it for like an hour if it's still doing it. Have um,
1: you tried turning it off and on again?
0: Several times. It, <laughs> fixes, it. it fixes it for about 20 minutes. and then it, The problem is, while it's plugged in, it works until it doesn't for about 20 minutes. Mm-hmm.
2: Another thing could be uh, your camera settings.
0: I yeah, did check so that. You got yeah. permissions. Yep, and I've been running it as everything. an admin and, and stuff like that. All right, all right. So, um, but I will try that. I'm not sure what that would do.
2: That a USB C port or a USB three port? It's
0: USB because
2: th- C is like the oval.
0: No, no, it's a USB three. Three? Yeah, it's okay. the blue. Uh, USB. Oh, okay.
2: So, you, um, have you have you tried other ports as well? Sort of. <laughs> sort of. It's po- It's possible that maybe that port specifically may not be powerful enough, but you could try try a different yeah. one and it could could fix that. Um. You said you already messed with the drivers.
0: Yeah, I have to do those, and then
2: reseat the cable under the facial
0: interface. Uh, that that's a little bit. That does make sense because when I unplug it and plug it back in, it works. Right. Yeah. There. There. Yeah. So. Yeah, I do think it is on the uh, tower side, not the. So. It, you
2: wouldn't happen to have another computer to test, test it on. Would you? They're
0: not, no. It's nothing's powerful enough. That's yeah, a bummer.
2: Because worst case scenario, I can probably run it on my machine. Um, if if you can't get it working, I can like
0: take it, I, it off my hands. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give it back to you. Of course, yeah. I have, I have no need for VR. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get the real reality. You get the <laughs> RR.
2: <laughs> the graphics are so much better. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe not for you. Yeah, no. Yeah, that's true.
0: It's always blurry. (laughs) Sorry, Anna. I've got some privilege in this room with good eyesight. How (laughs)
1: dare you be (laughs) sightest in my presence? Or do you have some hydrogen
0: peroxide (laughs) that I could adjust that with? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, he's gonna bathe you in bleach.
1: So uh, I, I heard that, um. If you squint a lot, it can give you astigmatism, which means that your eyes mm-hmm. aren't round, but they are more like football shaped. Oh. Uh, I have astigmatism. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> so you gotta be I love you, Anna. <laughs> Uh, you got to stop squinting so much. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Just a little bit of unintentional self-racism. It's fine. Right there. It's fine. Oh I, I couldn't say it. I only, I only looked Asian uh, no, as a no.
2: kid, so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness.
1: You're the only one I have t- I told that joke to who got it without me saying the punchline. And I was oh so God. happy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> goodness me. Uh That was good. I like this. <laughs> stigmatism. Top props. Stop show. <laughs> Thanks. Oh my goodness.
1: <laughs> okay, it's um almost an hour. Do you wanna do you wanna call it here? You want anything else you wanna talk about? Uh, oh, yes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> There's some angry Nazi guy who's I don't know. I guess he's a professor here. No, no, no. no. <laughs> uh,
0: so cars being towed. Oh, DPS. Okay. Yeah, that, DPS. That, not that's a much. Not the. Uh, okay. How much of a sham? Yeah. The, uh, it's okay to be white is n- white supremacist ridiculousness that was in the paper this week. Quick, <laughs> quick note on that. You're all wrong. Who who think that it's it's, it's that? It, it's more along the lines of conservatives feeling under attack especially uh, those straight white men that everybody seems to hate um, in the media. And the notion is the best thing you can do about it is nothing. Because if you do anything about it, you're playing into the hand. Right. And you're just confirming that, that, that notion. Because many people, many white people these days, and you can see this all over the media and, and multiple sources will back this up are very insecure about being white. And that's not because of anything that they have necessarily done themselves, but it's because of the large, uh, narratives that are being pushed upon them. Things that right. they haven't done, uh, things that are being brought up from the past, not to say that the past was any way, you know, th- this glory filled, thing but it's a lot better than we think it is currently it it, I mean it got us to where we are today so it couldn't have been that bad and while we still do need to make I shouldn't say we still do need to make we still need to continue making good choices that doesn't mean that everybody who expresses an opinion such as it's okay to be white is of a bad viewpoint, such as such as uh, racism or white supremacy. It's okay because, to be any color. It's not like right, you chose it. Right. <laughs> it's okay to be black. It's okay to be uh, wh- whatever color you you want to call yourself. I know that some people find uh, color stuff is a touchy topic, and I'm kind of skating around it a little bit just because I'd like, I'd like to hear it fair enough that I want to stay. And, <laughs> um, but I do want to say to anyone who does listen to this that... Don't overreact to such things which are obvious um, truisms. Mm. To to hate someone
2: based on their levels of melanin or lack thereof is just like the dumbest thing ever. Mm -hmm.
0: America was supposed to be founded on intellectual diversity. And even if that's not true, that's what I believe. And (laughs) I'd like it to be true. And Ideally, so, that's what we were supposed right. to be. So I don't care where your oh, yeah. past is from. I care about where you're going, so to speak. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, that has nothing to do with the color of your skin. Mm-hmm. Ideally.
1: Yep. I agree.
0: Okay. Anyway, traffic. This is important for other reasons. Yeah,
2: screw these guys. <laughs> uh, okay, so this freaking
0: article... Um. And this is all from the torch from uh, the week of the uh, November thirteenth, yeah, 19th. November thirteenth yeah. through nineteenth. So um,
2: this uh, article says ignorance gets you towed or whatever. And I'm just gonna clickbaity, but whatever. Uh, it says um, I'm just gonna read this quote it's a from the newspaper. There is no click. <laughs> it, well, I mean, they're gonna yeah, they're gonna yeah. put it on the site. Is that you yeah <laughs> all right uh, anyway. okay so this quote from the <laughs> the, the the quote from the um, uh, I guess the depart Department of Public Safety the director there. Uh, it said you must park within the lines of a designated parking spot, or you could receive a ticket. Okay, that's understandable. Of course, if the lines are snow covered, do your best to park where you think the lines would be. Obviously, based upon snow accumulations, it may be hard to see parking lines. Fer- Ferris does a great job of snow and ice removal. Not true, but they are going to be there are going to be storms that make the task very difficult. Okay, here's the deal. I start work here. Um, Pretty much every day, Monday, Monday through th- Thursday, at the uh, currently at eight o'clock in the morning. There's no one here. Yeah, there's there's no maintenance. There's nothing. So for for people like me, yeah, we kind of have to guess. Um, but we also live in a state where it's 15 degrees in the morning and then 40 degrees. In the afternoon. Yeah. Right. So you you can have, yeah, you can have six inches of snow in the morning and then it's all gone. And then by the time you get back to your car at five, whenever your shift ends, you're like, oh, wow, I really screwed that up according to how they actually did the parking lot. Mm -hmm. But I mean, there isn't too many cars here to kind of get a reference of where you should park right and you know i'm not going to get a shovel and shovel shovel your freaking parking lot just to make sure that i'm right. in the lines so either get your people out there sooner so that we can actually see the lines or yeah. you you got you can't be this strict
0: or at least mm-hmm. have some sort of system where you can recognize or mark the cars that do come in early so right. that they aren't being held liable for the afternoon
2: right i mean we're already paying 135 dollars for a commuter pass now there's already less and less commuter lots available on campus no. and they're constantly getting more and more full because hey the faculty and staff can also park in all commuter lots even though they have their own lots now in the uc it's a little bit different because the, the faculty staff lot is like horrendously small yeah but you know, it, it, like there, there there was a couple times um, last year during the union strike where all the union workers parked in the UC uh, to kind of organize their little protest. Uh, that screwed us over quite a bit. I couldn't park in the UC that day because it was completely full by eight o'clock in the morning. Right. Like that type of stuff. Is, ridiculous
0: yeah and then now they're going to charge you for it or tow your car away it's like yeah so not only do you go into work at eight but then by you get out at five your car's gone <laughs> right and if you live anywhere off campus it's like
2: and I mean there there's also other people uh, like here uh, we kind of live in hick country there's a bunch of you know giant trucks and you know yeah. your, your yee yee tires or yeah. whatever that you can't no park. offense to
0: any hicks
1: <laughs> I know what y'all are talking
2: about. Yeah, it's 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 all good. It's all good. Yeah, I mean, some of them.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> we're, <laughs> not, we're not naming any me? or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, I totally get where you're coming <laughs> from, though. Like it, it it's, is it's difficult.
2: hard to park that type of stuff just in general, right? Um, right. but you know if if you know your parking lot's an ice yeah. rink,
0: unless mm. they want to you know make a tram, yeah, hey Ferris. You want to make a big parking lot where you want all your you know perfect uh like, like make a car vending machine and then get a tram that runs through campus and right yeah then then like a cars. like a
1: <coughs> could do like a if we were a bigger campus maybe we could have a a parking garage yep. right and then a um like a bus yep. takes yeah. us to classes yeah. But yeah. I, I walk
2: everywhere. So. And I mean, they, they have the bus. And I mean, I don't mind walking either. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with walking.
0: Um, I mean, as long as you In the, the winter, sidewalks. though, it's a different story. Right, you're, yeah. You know, negative below windshield, uh, wind chills. Right, and, and no snow days. Right, and in right. DPS, like, the DPS officers, like, the full-time employees, mm-hmm. they're pretty good, generally. Right. Um, Your meter maids. The meter maids are student employees. And sometimes they can get in competition and, and be pretty, pretty ruthless. Right. Mm-hmm. And they, the higher ups have talked to them about this before and stuff like that, but it's just right. part of the, the territory with the job that, that tends to happen. But seriously, giving people a break, especially when you recognize the vehicle from the morning and then you realize that they made a mistake in the parking or whatever, not, but like, th- seriously, like just that's the other slack. That's the other thing I get stuff like this.
2: I get super mad about, um, Because I like these are student employees. They're us, basically. They know, you know,
0: what
1: it's what it's what it's like to be a student. Yeah,
2: what it's like to park on this campus, or you know, with all of our spaces or like thereof. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. So the fact that they don't factor into that, like I know they have a job to do, but I mean, if you're parked somewhere, staking out, watching somebody, um get down to zero on their meter and then immediately ticketing them. Right. H- how is that cool?
0: Yeah. And and part of that can be due to the, uh, the role, uh, diffusion. So, well, not, that's not technically the right room, the right, the right term. What I mean is, uh, when they get into that role, once they put on their yellow vest, they, uh, get out of the mindset of a student and get into the mindset of an enforcer or a meter maid. And that's problematic. I can't fold. That's fine. It's just gonna cost <laughs> it out anymore. But uh because they dissociate themselves with the common Joe and start associating themselves with authority. And because they have that authority and they have that power and responsibility it. Goes their head. Right. It it can obscure common sense and uh, humanity to some extent. So for all those meter maids who probably won't listen to this, but anyone who does mm-hmm. um, just remember yourself. You wouldn't write yourself a ticket for BS. Now, you would write your, you know, you probably wouldn't write yourself a ticket at all, actually. But (laughs) besides that, like, if someone is doing something that is obviously intentional, that's one thing. But give people breaks. Right. I mean. I mean, I
2: I will say I shouldn't get as mad as I do because this has not actually personally happened to me. I've never been ticketed, and I know I've I've been ticketed a couple times. Before. I've 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 screwed up my parking a couple times if you're going by the lines. But I mean, you know, lots not clear. So right, I'm
1: Asian and a woman who trusts me parking.
2: <laughs> Good point, especially with your stigmatism. <laughs> right, <laughs> <laughs> bad eyesight. You know, <laughs>
0: but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. quick note. Just fun fact. To end the thing on. Possums are marsupials.
2: <laughs> I don't like my animals unless they have pockets.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, I, I think that's where we need to end. Yeah. Once we're getting to that territory, let's, let's, let's just get. It. All right. So, um, thank you for listening. This has been Anna.
0: This has been Denzer. The pocketed opossum otherwise known as Kyle
1: <laughs> thanks for listening guys